What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, guys? Welcome to Nation News Podcast. My name is Sal Manoli at Red Nation Noops on Twitter. You're joined by Forrest Walker at Do Not on Twitter. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm I'm all right. I'm all right. Are you all right? Not really. Uh, <laughs> this Rockets team can't lose normally, huh? I mean, like it. I think you're the one that tweeted this. Like it's it's just like every year there's <laughs> they just manage to go out in some. Like I remember Harden last year. He had like an amazing game five or whatever and everybody around him just played like trash and this year it was just everybody played like trash yeah uh it wouldn't be houston if it didn't end in some way that was miserable and embarrassing in a way you didn't anticipate right like on paper losing the spurs in six games in uh you know a 61 win team that's better than you i mean that's not embarrassing um but the way they lost like no Kawhi Leonard, no Tony Parker. You're at home. You know, first of all, to, to begin the game, the home crowd just wasn't there. Like, I think Travis Scott attempted to do a, a concert and, like, nobody was there. This attendance <laughs> stuff is getting ridiculous, man. They're, they're 22nd in attendance and they're a really good team. Like, that's starting to really piss me off. Like, I, I've been, like, blaring that stat all season because, like, I didn't want it to get, I didn't want it to get highlighted in the postseason. And here we are in, like, the biggest game of the season and, like, no one showed up. Like, that's got to change. Yeah, it's like uh, the Heat, except the Heat fans actually do eventually show up. Right. It, it's pretty grim. Uh, I mean, I guess Houston's hard to drive around in or something, but yeah, it'd be nice if people actually cared about the Rockets. I mean, I guess they haven't won a championship in a while, but like neither has anybody else. Right. Like, and I, and I went back and I looked at the, uh, the previous years, and the Rockets are like middle of the pack. Uh, during the Dwight Howard era, like, and they've had better attendances. This, like, I don't get why they just can't be slightly above embarrassing. Like, they, they don't have to be like the the Thunder. Like, but why can't they just be like you know, uh, what's an average team? The Sonics. The I'm Bucks? Not, not the Sonics. The Bucks. <laughs> the Bucks. The Sonics don't exist anymore, right? Like, why can't they be like the Bucks or the Mavericks or like just a random team that's just like you know you don't notice it like you, nobody complains about it like and you know they're just loud enough in the playoffs like that like this is like the last game of the season like for god's sake show up to your game like like stop selling your tickets uh and like the rockets need to do something about this like this is like becoming a real problem like i think the players we've even talked about this before uh in passing by like oh hey the, the uh the fans actually showed up on time today like you know stuff like that right like they've made snide comments about it before um you know the media always talks about it on twitter it's just an embarrassing thing like show up like 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 if you have tickets show up to the game if you and like 
they, I'm sure they don't have a problem selling these tickets. I, I'm apparent. I'm, I'm, I'm like 100% certain. Uh, the biggest problem is coming from these corporate seats that the Rockets give out. It's like they need, they need to do something about it. I don't know what they can do. Maybe they can try and do some more promotional stuff. But I mean, like, it's just, it's just becoming a real problem. Yeah, it's it's kind of embarrassing. But there's plenty of embarrassment to go around right now. It's a, uh, I am, I mean, I guess I'm amazed. I. I this is the thing about what happens with the Rockets is that you're always going to be surprised by how miserable it ends up being at the end. Even, even for, so I, after last season, which was an entire season of this, of being surprised <laughs> by how miserable every moment was, even after it, so after that we were like, okay, well, you know, at least they're like, fine at least they're a decent team you know no matter oh they beat the thunder no matter what happens they've had a successful season hey they 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 won a couple games against the spurs no matter what happens they've had a successful season and then like they have that brutal game they lost that they should have won they absolutely should have won that game but i don't know how i don't know what like dark god the spurs are in fealty (laughs) to that lets them do this but they just won that game anyway and then then and then game six which I would prefer if we talk about the effects of it and not the game itself, because I don't want to even think about it. Uh, well, yeah, so <laughs> if we if we can just briefly touch on it, and then we'll go into the effects of it. Uh, so uh, to start the game, the Rockets uh, like they had like a five four lead, and then like just a few Lamarcus Aldridge mid range jumpers, and like the floodgates open, and like it just seemed like there was no coming back. Uh, James Harden didn't attempt a shot in that first quarter. Uh, he ended the game with like ten points. He got fouled out, and he sh- he had a whole bunch of turnovers. Just a bizarre game for him. Like, like I think there were some allegations of point shaving on Twitter, which I thought like was ridiculous. Like okay, like I get that the game was weird, but I mean to make an allegation about like point shaving, like you have you better have some serious evidence to back that up. Like that's <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, that, that's not something you can just throw around like that. Like you you have you better have some f- serious goddamn evidence to back that up. But I mean, um. In general, like, I just think Harden played, like, dog crap. And there's, like, no avoiding it, like, on Twitter. Like, I I even said uh, minutes before we go in this podcast, I'm like, you know what? Like, he played, like, dog crap, and he should have showed up. Like, th- th- that's – he should get killed for this. I, I can't – you know, like, the reactions after the game were so hot. Like, but the overwhelming reaction that I agreed with throughout throughout all of last night was that, you know, he, he didn't show up. And he sh- it, was, it was a big game for the Rockets, elimination game at home. Uh, no Kawhi Leonard. Harden should have played a lot better. He should he should have at least been aggressive. Harden was passive. He was like making poor decisions all over the court. Uh, he just didn't look right. And I'm not sure. And I just as a heads up, I'm not gonna make excuses for him at all. This is just me purely speculating. Like maybe he was gassed. Maybe he was sick. I don't know what it was. Yeah, he definitely seemed broken, and as people were saying, he looked kind of bad in the last game too, which he did. Like at the end of at the end of game five, he couldn't do anything, and the rest of the team was too gassed to do anything. So I don't know what happened. Some people are theorizing that like he just needed to rest more over the season, but he's been able to play games after a full season either way. Uh, I don't know what happened. I don't know if he, like someone was saying his, that he'd been a. I think it was Matt Moore saying that apparently he'd been sick for like a month. So I don't know what's going on with James Harden. I, I, it seems weird to just say like, "Well, he's just a loser and an idiot." Like, but what? Like one game out of like 
how many ever, ever many games they played? Uh, eighty-two plus eleven is probably ninety-three. Uh, game <laughs> game ninety-three. He just like decides he's going to be terrible now. What what's that mean? Like, oh well, it's emotionally soft. Yeah, that was a bad emotional blow after game five. But like, is that going to make them all just go out and be like, whatever, guys? Let's just lose and get it over with. Like, I don't know what people are thinking is happening. Like, I don't know what happened, but I think it's silly yeah, to say, like, well. Like, yeah, like to say this, like, well, James Harden's just crappy. That's all. How come you didn't see us coming? Like, no, if you if you predicted James Harden is going to be, like, the worst player on Earth for Game 6, I'm sorry, but you weren't prescient. You were just mean and happened to be right one time in a million. Right. Uh, and he, it even seemed like the players had no idea what was going on. Ryan Anderson, like, uh, he had a quote before the game. Like, they thought they were prepared going into that game. Like, they thought they did all the necessary steps to get ready for that game. Um, and, you know, look... Obviously, in a playoff environment, they obviously watched a whole bunch of film. That's you know that goes without saying, um, and it just looks like they they, they came out and it, it was just flat. Like the entire team was just flat. The, the only player that looked like he gave a damn was Clint Capella, uh, and even he you know didn't have the best game. It, it just it just seemed like a, a poor effort all around. Uh, and I I was a minute away from tweeting like this looks like last year's Rockets, right? The, 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 this is something last year's Rockets would have done. And I, I just think like it was a re- really random, you know, proportion of events. Like I, 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 I can't really bad explain. time to have your worst game in like eighteen months, right? <laughs> right. Like I, I can't really explain what happened. And I'm, I'm still like, I watched a little bit of that game. It's pretty hard to watch the the whole entirety of that game, but I watched a little bit of it to just to kind of figure out what the hell happened. And I still don't know what was going on. Um, like it, it, here's one, th- here's one thing I'll say. Um. Harden guarding Pau Gasol for like thirty minutes a game is not a good idea. Like I, like I, I just think that just puts such a heavy toll on him. Like it's too much to ask yeah. for. Like it, it looked like after every possession where he, where they put Pau Gasol on a post up, like he'd walk the ball up and he'd look completely gassed. Like he, you, you wouldn't want to run the ball up. You wouldn't um, make quick decisions. He just looked like he was like he just went through a beating and like. You know, th- again, this is all speculation. Like, I-, I have no idea what the hell happened. Harden said he was fine, so I mean, that's you know, that's the ru- that's the rule of the land. Like, that's what we're gonna go off of. But I mean, it just I I don't know. I- I- if you were to ask me like ten times, like I, I- I'd give you diff- ten different answers. I have no idea what the hell happened. I think what you said at the beginning of the podcast, like this team may have been broken. I think that's probably the best explanation. Like, game five was a game they should have won. Like that that's a game they pissed away, right? In overtime. Uh, no Kawhi Leonard in overtime. You know, he he turned his ankle. The Rockets were up by five with like two minutes left and they blew that lead. That's a and Harden was poor with uh with the decision making in that game. Like that's a game they should have won. I, I think I think that's that's a fair characteristic. Yeah, and I don't know, like <laughs> It did seem like they kind of went away from their offense at Game 5. I know some people like, eh, Game 5 is just a coin flip game you lost. I'm like, well, there are definitely things they could have done better in the Game 5. Right. <laughs> they right. could have given us those more chances to win. And I wouldn't be surprised if do, if they, they know that and they they feel some ways about that. Like, that, that can't, that's not pleasant to go like, oh, no, we, we did it. We lost our chance. Like, they had to win Game 5. If they won Game 5, they would have been in a great position to come out and win Game 6. But, yeah, the only thing I can think of is that, like, they were broken in some way or Harden is more hurt or sick or something than he's letting on, which usually happens. He's actually been pretty good about not, you know, quote unquote excuse making. You, you can't, you can't say like, Oh, you know, I have like a, my, my left groin hurts or whatever. Like you can't, it just comes off wrong. Just, 
yeah, it just comes off wrong. Even if it's true, you can't say it. So we'll never, we'll probably never really know exactly like what's happening with Harden. It seemed like it was more than just mental, or if it was mental, it was like extremely mental. But yeah, I, I think the biggest deal with this game is that it really sucks that this game came in the worst possible situation. Like if they, if this game had happened in like game two. Right. If you if you like, let's say you swap game two and game three around. Right. So or game three and game six around. So in game in game three, they're just like come out and look like total trash. And then in game and game six, they still lose. But they're like close to the end and until like until suddenly like the Spurs just break away at the end. At least you could go like, well, they lost. But like the Spurs just went crazy and they had a, like an otherwise decent game. But this right. is just this right. game. If this game happened in the middle of the series, you're like, wow, that was weird. But since it was at the end of the series, everyone's like, how does this affect the future of the franchise? Which is so obnoxious because it doesn't. It doesn't do anything. This is one stupid game. But because of when it happened and the visibility of it, now like the entire like half of the goodwill a team built up over this incredible season has been blown on just nothing. Just nothing. <laughs> uh, right, I agree with you. The aesthetics of, of this happening in the last game def- definitely had an impact to the backlash that uh, Harden got on Twitter, and this kind of pissed me off. Oh yeah, like like what we do this every year with Harden, every single year with Harden. Like I feel like NBA Twitter can't wait till he gets eliminated, and when he gets eliminated, just the downpour, the downpour of his hellacious hot takes come down. Like it's 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 amazing. Like I feel I feel like everybody has this pent up aggression about the way Harden plays or something, um, or something about Harden rubs off on people, which, which I don't get. Like he's he's not a He's not a cocky person. He he doesn't like he treats the media very well. He, like it's one thing if he was like Westbrook, right? Like and he dismiss he was really dismissive, uh, and he was really, uh, you know, an arrogant in a good way about his game. Like if it was it's one thing if he was like that. Harden's like the nicest guy, and he he's always there if you want if you want to ask him for a story for an interview. I think you interviewed him once before. Like he, he's a really great guy for the media. He's um he's not that arrogant. Like I don't know what it is about him that rubs off on people the wrong way, but the the takes were just coming off last night. Like I saw takes about him just being you know maybe he's not a superstar player. Maybe maybe he's not the guy you got to build around. Like are you are we are you kidding me? Like the guy led you to to a Western Conference Finals just two years ago. He's leading you to fifty. 50- win seasons pretty much every single year he has he's he has yet to miss the playoffs in his entire career which you can't say about anthony davis which you can't say about paul george which you can't say about demarcus cousins you, you can't say this about russell westbrook for god's sake right like and like i guess i just think like this there's a double standard with harden which i just don't get um and let me be clear like last night's game was one of the worst games i've ever seen uh, from a superstar in a game in a elimination game. I've never seen a game like that ever. Uh, I can't even think of anything off the top of my head other than t- 2011 uh, LeBron against the Dallas Mavericks. Right, like, that's the only thing I could think of. Um, so I mean, if you're gonna backlash against that, that's fine. But if you're gonna backlash against dumb things like oh, like this, this is why Mori Ball doesn't work. That's a, that's an actual tweet I saw last night. This is why quote unquote spreadsheet ball doesn't work in the playoffs. Like, are you kidding me? Like, this team won 55 games playing quote-unquote spreadsheet ball. They made it to the sec- conference finals two years ago playing spreadsheet ball. They made it to the second round this year playing spreadsheet ball. Like, I don't want to hear that crap. Yeah, and that also totally ignores all the other teams that that are they don't minimize mid-range shots as much as the Rockets do. But guess what? The good teams don't take as many mid-range shots as they used to. Yeah, that, that's, that's so dumb. To the, the act like... Well, your team is not immune to ever having a bad game, so I guess how good 
good can they really be? Right. Like and, and like like every team utilizes analytics. The Celtics utilize analytics like a, like crazy. The Cavaliers, the Warriors, the Spurs, like you know the the, the Spurs that play this beautiful brand of basketball. They have Greg Popovich. They they have Tim Duncan. Like you know they kind of get a pass off that. But I mean they. They use the analytics like all the, like all the best organizations in basketball use analytics to act like analytics is some sort of foreign concept like it, it, to act like it's not on scouting reports before games like you know like if if you guys don't know like before games like the players get scouting reports on who they're defending uh, and it'll, it'll be something like okay like if Patrick Beverly's guarding John Wall. Um, It'll be like, okay, back off on screens. Uh, he goes to his right hand 70% of the time. You know, like, you'll get you'll get data on that. And players use that before games. To act like this isn't a league-wide thing that, like, ugh, it's, it's just annoying. And then the takes about Mike D'Antoni. Like, these were by far the hottest takes outside of Harden. Like, you know, the stuff about how he'll never beat Greg Popovich. His brand of basketball won't work in the playoffs. Hold on. Every team in the NBA, well, I mean, most teams in the NBA, the sex, the successful ones, have adopted his brand of basketball. So what does that say about, about Mike D'Antoni? Well, a lot of people hate that because they hate the brand of basketball he brought in. Like, if anything, that makes him dislike him, like him more because they want to see guys, I don't know, like shouldering each other in the post or whatever it is that we're looking for. Right, and like, are we going to pretend like every single championship from 2011 didn't have a heavy Mike D'Antoni influence? Like, if, if you look at the three-pointers launched by every team since 2011, like, it, it, it's progressively more and more and more every single year. If you look at the final four teams every year, it, it's not a coincidence these these teams launch a bunch of three-pointers. It's not, a, it's not a coincidence these teams like to play at a fast pace. It's not a coincidence. Like, it's... His influence and the the influence of analytics is widespread across the league. To act like this is just a this is the only team that uses it is just it's just infuriating. And you know, like I don't get why like Mike D'Antoni gets gets ragged on all the time. Like maybe maybe like the the brashness of bringing bringing in this new style of basketball uh, rubs off on people the wrong way. Like like oh this is the way it's always been, and this guy's coming in and changing our league. Like maybe maybe that's it. Like or, or maybe just like. Or maybe there's people just don't like his banner basketball. I don't know what it is. Like, and, oh, I know what it is. What is it? Tell me. And I could talk about it if you want. I want. I want to go into this more in a in a in a column over the over the off season. But I have some pretty strong theories. Then, then about quickly, this. Quick, quickly touch on it. I don't want you to give yeah, it. I'll, yeah, I'll touch on it quickly. That uh, I think all the things that you and I like about James Harden and Mike D'Antoni and the Rockets are reasons why the average sports fan cannot stand them. And will never like them. Like I think that the characteristics about them that we think are great, all the stuff that we think is really positive about them, is just untenably irritating for most people, and it makes them angry in a way that is not the same way you get angry when someone hits you in the face, <laughs> but like a weird internal thing. Like I think it attacks people inside themselves in a way they can't account for. And they'll say like, well, you can't, this style of basketball, well, you you give it away by not shooting any mid-range shots. So you actually have a hole. So you need to have a threat. You have to shoot at least like, you know, 10 or so mid-range shots a game. It's ridiculous. I'm like, is are you really like furious over the idea that the Rockets should shoot 10 more two-pointers a game? Is that really like your whole big thing? Like you just have a, a vengeance out against these guys because you just want to see a few more mid-range shots. It's it's not the case. It's a I think it's a philosophical and ideological difference that people like are just not dealing with. 
And and I think Maury, I, I can kind of see why Maury rubs off on people the wrong way. Like this idea of this MIT Sloan nerd coming in and changing, like, you know, like. The, That's like, part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah like uh, like changing the face of basketball, coming in, t- telling us like, oh, the way you guys play basketball was wrong the entire life. like, and that's not that's not at all what Maury did. Like Maury came in and ba- with data that backs up like everything we already knew about basketball. Hey, having a star 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 power leads to wins. Like that that's something he brought up all the time in press conferences. You historically cha- championship teams have two or three All NBA players. That's something he brought up all the time. Three pointers are good; they equal one extra point. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if you know this or not. Like three pointers are better than mid range shots. It's it's crazy, right? Like it's yeah. It's, it's yeah. Just, it's just foreign <laughs> concept. Came, yeah, Daryl Morey came out and said, "Hey, uh, three times point three four is like a bigger number than two times point four five. and everyone's like, "Boo!" <laughs> right? Like it's everything he 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 brings up, like all, all the data. He, it supports the way we've always thought of things. The best the best shot in the game is a free throw, right? And everybody knows this. This is something that's been preached to me since I played since I've been playing basketball since I was a child. It's been preached to anybody who's ever played basketball before. Free get into the free throw line, good. Yes. Good. But yes, but doing it is cheating. And more importantly, acting like doing it is not cheating is even worse. I'm I'm getting I'm getting into a little more than I should, but like there's it's it's not about these things. It's about like it's about premises upon which people relate to sports and like their own identity. In my opinion, it's yeah. all like weird identity stuff, and they're never going to get liked. It's just not going to happen. Like the way that James Harden, unless James Harden went out there and he was like, "Yeah, is he just stop- unless he just like stopped ever selling fouls?" It was like, "Yeah, I get elbowed in the face thirty eight times per possession, but you know what? I take it and I fight through it, even though it costs my team points. You know, it just would be, it would just be wrong." Right, like you can't unless he just goes out there and suddenly like says all these weird things everyone's looking for. It's just not going to happen. Like he's, it's what's he going to do? Like play, be a defense first player. What's D'Antoni going to do? Like there's nothing these guys can do to to satisfy anybody's desires. Like don't worry, they can't worry about it. And I don't, I don't think they really do. But it's re- it is really obnoxious to see. Everybody just like waiting for a chance to like get their their like take that Houston hot takes out for like no like what who who are the Rockets threatening like what is the big what is the big scary thing about them like oh yeah you guys finally got put in your place after what being laughing stock of the league last season now the Rockets were not a laughing stock for a while they were they were like a top four team I, I guess they really just like got too big for their britches by being like well we're just glad to be here wow what a bunch of dicks so <laughs> it's it's annoying to watch it but like i'd rather i'd rather them have a lot of ammunition to get mad about like than everyone be like well whatever like it's like i kind of feel like this ending of this season is if anything going to just piss them off again and lead them to redouble these efforts next year and, and like th- that's kind of how like that's kind of how I feel when I read this crap uh, every single year. And last year I felt like it was a free, absolute free for all. Like everybody that's that's had a beef with Daryl Morey, James Harden, uh, or you know, and that style of basketball, like they, they they came out and just went ham on the Rockets all of last year. Like they couldn't wait to get their takes off. 
And like that, I feel like that happened this year uh, as soon as they got eliminated. And yeah, I mean, like I, I, I just I, it really pissed me off. Like every single time they get eliminated, like it's like a red mark against James Harden. Like we're acting like James Harden's not a first ballot Hall of Famer if he retires tomorrow. We're acting like he's well, if not he retired tomorrow. He wouldn't be, but maybe if he retired in like another week. Right, yeah, like, 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 we're acting like he's not an amazing basketball player. Like, he, he had, he had one crappy game, crap. Like, it was, it was an absolute crap game. I'm not, I'm not even gonna uh, try to defend that. It was bad. He, he didn't show up. So that's some sort. That's some. That's supposed to be some sort of red mark against his career. Like, I don't think so. And there's just an overwhelmingly bigger sample size of him being awesome than there is of him being bad. I'm sorry. Like there just is like, if if you look back, look, if you can, you can look at the numbers, you can look at past playoff performances. You can look at past regular season performances, whatever you want to look at. There's just a bigger sample size of him being good versus him being bad. That's just the way it is. Like, I, well, I, I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings. Like, I, like, like I'm, I, I'm apologize, but it's just true. I mean, I look at this team in a lot of ways the same way people uh, looked at the Mavs before they won their championship. Like, it really feels like James Harden is a new Dirk, where people are like, uh, he's soft, he has no defense, he plays a stupid gimmick game, whatever, the team will never win anything, they're too one-star heavy, they can't, they're, they're, they're pointless. And then they win a championship, and immediately, like, overnight, everyone's like, well, yeah, I always respected them. Like, and that's <laughs> kind of how it works. Like, they just have to, like, keep trying to get better and keep plugging away and hopefully things will go their way one of these years and if they ever manage to win a champ if like in the next few years they manage to win a championship then instantly everyone will be like yo that james harden what a real leader like that's and that's just what's gonna happen and it's stupid and it's, it's not it's not fair but nothing is ever fair and it's gonna suck so just just keep at it and it's like use the, the haters as fuel i guess i don't know <laughs> um and that's actually, that's actually an apt comparison. I actually do view James Harden in that kind of Dirk Nowitzki light. I, I wrote a column about this earlier this year about how the Rockets kind of are tr- are doing the Dirk thing with their roster, right? Like they're they're recycling, um, you know, B minus to C plus role players, uh, really really good role players around uh, one dominant superstar, and they're hoping they get lucky, right? Like it, it seems like that's what they're doing. Um, and I do kind of view him as that kind of level superstar, like a Dirk Nowitzki type. Uh, of his era, and um, yeah, I, I think it's a good comparison. Um, with that being said, that we uh, before we record this podcast, I went out and asked Twitter um, if you guys had any questions about uh, the season. Oh, first, let me ask you this before we we get into the questions: um, How do you feel about the season? Uh, it was an overwhelming success, capped off by something hilarious that is not going to really matter. It's. Yeah, it's been an overwhelming success. However, this last game on it is going to leave a, a black mark that's bigger than it should, but less than people are worried that it will. Right, I got, and, and I agree with you. I, I, I even said this before the series started. Like, um, like I picked the Spurs to win in seven, uh, and they won in six. Uh, and so, like, I, I thought the Spurs were the better player. I mean, the better team. I, I always thought the Spurs were the better team all season. I, th- I thought that would continue in the, in the postseason. I, I, I don't think there's any shame in losing to this team. Maybe there's shame in losing the way that you did. But, I mean, overall, if you look at it on paper, they st- they only lost in six games. Like, like they, didn't, they didn't lose in a sweep. They didn't lose in a gentleman's sweep. They lost in six games. I, I think that's fine. Uh, you beat the team you're supposed to beat in the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, and, you know, you, you've had a competitive second round series, in my opinion. Um, and if you look at 
the season as a whole. I mean, the regular season was completely what I didn't expect. Like I, I predicted them in the end. I I, I went ahead and said I th- I thought they'd win fifty games. Like I thought that was going to be what they were going to be at. Yeah, I went bold and said fifty two. Wow. Right, <laughs> and, and they ex- they exceeded both of our expectations. Right, and and for the national media as a whole, I mean, everybody had them pegged to win somewhere from forty to forty five games. Right, and they drastically achieved like achieved better than that. Um, and it looks like they're a a good fran- like they look like a competent franchise again, which they didn't yeah, look like last year. Yeah, it was a culture year. Like I think that really, I wish they lost in a regular game. Like if they lost in a regular game, this whole season would have been like an unimpeachable success. <laughs> First off, the Spurs are on the list of three teams you get to lose to. I'm sorry, but like you, there are three other teams in the NBA that it's fine to lose to. The there are four teams who were in the Rockets tier all year long, at or above that tier, and that was Houston, San Antonio. Golden State, obviously, and you can't drop the Cavs out of that top tier because even despite the fact that they farted around all season long, right? Like any right, they're a no in the playoffs right now. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so a loss to any of those teams like has to be acceptable. Like it sucks, but they're in the elite teams. Like you, like if they'd lost to a different team, it would have been more embarrassing, right? Like if somehow the Spurs lost to the Grizzlies and the Rockets lost to the Grizzlies, that would have been like, that, that would have been actually worse than this. It maybe wouldn't have seemed worse than this, but it would have actually been much worse than this. So that like the playoffs were not that bad except for one game. Right. And if the, and if the issue really is they need to have more strategic rest fine. they can do that. They can fix that. And a big part of why they can fix that is because they fix their effing culture in a big way. The culture is so much better. This year was a buy-in. They pushed guys hard because they wanted to stat like whether they knew they were doing it or not, whether it was overtly a goal or not. But what happened was that these guys all bought in and they all like gave their blood, sweat, and tears to the team. And yeah, it ran their bodies ragged. And by the end of the year, they looked worse and worse. They're gonna have to do more resting next year. But this year was not about like a strategic and tactical like move towards having playoff dominance. No, they know that they're in kind of an in-between year, but they establish that this is a team that gives a crap and is going to be able to work down the bone and believes in themselves. So like that being said, that was the big success. That was what they did right this year. They set themselves up for the future. And that the guys on the team, they all believe in James Harden. It doesn't matter if everyone else does. Who cares about them? What matters is that the guys who play with him believe in him, that the guys who he plays for believe in him. Uh, so I, like from that perspective, I think they're just fine. Uh, I don't really think this is going to make much of a difference in free agency. I'm sorry, but it just isn't. Uh, one game, like, play a few extra bucks is going to talk way more like i don't think that anybody's going to be like i don't know i could play next to james harden but he did play like doo-doo that one time and i guess <laughs> yeah i just really would rather like play next to a uh, willie Colley stein if i'm being honest <laughs> like no that's not how this works right? like that's not really Colley stein <laughs> so yeah i think it's an overwhelming success with this like a loud fart at the end <laughs> it's like it's like you gave a really great speech when no one expected you to and then you just like farted loudly at the podium <laughs> that's what this is like right yeah yeah, yeah. um and, and i agree with you. like this was the year um the rockets just need to bounce back this year uh this was just an absolute bounce back year last year they won 41 games you just need to be more competitive than that. The bar was so low for you this season. This season, all you had to do was look like you care. All you really had to do was become a competitive franchise again, establish a winning culture, which I think they did, and become a free agent destination again. I thought that was the biggest 
thing, right? And and it looks like the Rockets are a free agent destination again. You know, like coming off a 55-win te- uh, team and getting to the second round, have, having a competitive series when you got there, I think that's free agents will look at that and, and it's going to be compelling to them, especially if the Rockets can manage to clear cap space uh, and make room for a guy like, I don't know, just random Gordon Hayward, right? Like, like it, it's... It's attractive again, and uh, also the, Mike D'Antoni was looks like the, to be the absolute right hire for this team, um, and it, that's pretty much confirmed at this point. Like, like, and that was a worry going into the season. Like, is he the right guy? And it looks like he is. He looks like it looks like he's the right coach for James Harden um, for the rest of his duration in Houston, however the long that may be. I, I I don't know how else you can view this season other than overwhelming success. Um, they've done everything they needed to do. They've proven themselves as a, as a great organization again. And now, you know, you go to free agency and you just try to get better. And however, however that may be, are you, whether you go star hunting again or whether, or whether you just try to go uh, with the same motto of James Harden, a whole bunch of role players, like you just try to get better. And that's pretty much all you can ask for from this team. And yeah, I, I do think that last point you made about you know James Harden resting. I do think that's going to be a concerted effort from this franchise going moving forward. This is something we talked about on this podcast, like not too long ago. Like I never understood why the Rockets never rested James Harden. Like it, it just seems like like a really dumb thing for to do. Like for an organization that's so invested in, in sports science, like and you know like you know obviously Daryl Morey speaks at the Sloan Conference every year, like and they you know they talk about sports science all the time. Um, it just seemed dumb, and like I, I think I think the Rockets realize like you can't you can't put this much on James Harden anymore. Like you just can't you 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 can't have him play yeah. thirty eight minutes a game, uh, eighty two games a season. Like that's just dangerous. That's just whether or not he stays healthy. Like that that's a, that's a separate issue. The the bigger issue is like you know in the playoffs like he just might not have enough gas. And this is something Tom Aberstroh was talking about today. Like you know whether or not James Harden should have bragged about you know not resting like I, like I don't think it was wise of him like I even I, I didn't condone that those comments when he came out with it like resting is not a bad thing and I, I think you know today um, at the press conference today Mike D'Antoni and Daryl Morey were talking about this and Mike D'Antoni specifically said like maybe we got to take a load off of him maybe I got to get him off the ball more maybe uh, we play him less like and I think that's the that's in the right direction you, you got to treat him like he's um, like he's Dirk Nowinski like a 28 year old Dirk Nowitzki, right? And you got to preserve him. You got to extend his career as, as much as you can because he's your guy. Um, you intend on giving him a designated player exception, so he's clearly your guy. And yeah, I I, I can't, as far as the season, I can't view this any as any other any other light other than a massive success. So let's get into questions. Um, we got quite a lot of Twitter questions, and we got an email question from. TC, can we trade Harden for Westbrook? <laughs> um, and this is a question that uh, came up on t- this. This is a question that came up on Twitter uh, last night as the Rockets are going down in painful agony. Like, would Westbrook uh, go down like this? Um, and I do think there's there's something to be said for going down in like a blaze of glory, like shooting a whole bunch of shots. At the same time, like they're both losing strategies, right? Playing like the way James Harden did last night, or playing like the way Westbrook did in that first round, right? They're both gonna it's 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 gonna net in the same thing a loss. So I mean, like, I I in my opinion, I think James Harden's a slightly better player than Wester Westbrook. I, I you know I just think I I just think he had a bad game. Uh, yeah. That, why would you? I mean, you. I don't know that you could. I don't know that you would. Like you, there's just. They're both going to be a marginal value downgrade from each other. 
is the problem. Like, because I kind of think this was a sarcastic question. Like, I don't think yeah. he was actually saying like, yeah, that's a good joke, <laughs> but it, but it is like, but to the point, like this, this is who the team has been built around. And that's all there is to it. Like, sorry, even if you like, whether, whether one's serious or not, like there's no changing out James Harden at right. this point. Right. It, you're you're locked in. This, this is the team. Yeah. Right. You're locked in. You're not going anywhere. Um, <clears throat> Next question from Jonathan Matos. Uh, what player or players, for that matter, is likely to be gone next year? So I think there's like three players that are candidates to be gone next year but just because of the nature of their contracts. First is Nene, obviously, because he's a free agent, so he's the most likely to leave, given that you know it's not in the Rockets' hands. And uh, as far as whether or not I think the Rockets should bring him back, um, I don't know. Like, I, if, if he's willing to take a, a low contract, yes. Um, if he's not, I think you can find a contract a player on the margins for cheap. Two other players I think could be gone next year. Lou Williams uh, and Trevor Ariza. Like, I, I think those two, if the Rockets intend to go after a max contract player, like, I, I think those are the two guys that take up the most salary. And, like, it just makes a lot of sense to move them. If you, in the case that you get a commitment from, like, a Gordon Hayward or, like, a, a Paul Millsap or somebody, like, they, those are the two contracts most likely to be gone. Uh, what about you, Forrest? Like, who do you think is likely to be gone next year? Um... Yeah, I think there's actually a pretty good chance that Trevor Ariza is somewhere else next season. Uh, he's probably the first to, to go, really, because a lot of the good... If they do get, like, a dream signing or slash trade, he's kind of in the, the slot that a lot of... They want to upgrade. Uh, and he's... I mean, look, I'm not going to, like, throw Trevor Ariza into the Corey Brewer wood chipper. He had an, <laughs> awesome, he, he had an awesome postseason. Like, um, and, like, yeah. the, and we talked he's about real it good. Yeah. Uh, but he's not as good as, say, Gordon Hayward, right? Like, right. There, there are better players than Trevor Ariza available, and he is on a very friendly contract. So he's likely to get moved if that's what it takes. And I think that's all it comes down to. Like, if that's what it takes, he'll be moved. Uh, so we'll see. I think he's the one that's most likely to go. There's also, I think, a real chance that this is just kind of, this is just kind of the team that, like, if they don't find like a big addition, they might just be like, well, we're just kind of going to run it back. Uh, I don't know. The some of the like the the, the lower known guys, some of the 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 uh, the Kyle's Wilcher of the world may or may not become expendable for roster spots. I don't know. There's they have a lot of guys like the, like. You know, Troy might be moved. We, there's dudes who are not as important who don't play any minutes. But of the primary rotation guys, I wouldn't be surprised to see, like, Nene might find a better deal somewhere else, but he sounds like he wants to stay in Houston, so we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, I think Ariza is the one I would, I would like, take that bet, I guess, the way I'll put it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like, like the Rockets need a better wing. Uh, they just knew they badly need wing, wing depth. Uh, whether or not they upgrade from Trevor Reza or not, they just need they just need another wing um, that yeah, can do something else. Yeah, they, like, Trevor Reza can't do it all. They they need somebody that can defend uh, opposing team's best player uh, at a high level, um, and you know somebody who can just do frankly do more on the offensive end than Trevor Reza could have. Like you know he's Trevor Reza was good for what you what you brought him in here for, which was three and D. And um, right now I just kind of think the Rockets need a little bit more three, and they kind of need a little bit more playmaking from that position. And I think he's just a logical place to upgrade. But as as far as like the Rockets bringing him back next year, I I, I, don't, I could see it going either way. Like he's on a really cap friendly contract, which so I, I, I wouldn't hold it against Darren Moore to bring him back. And at the same time, um, if you get a commitment from a max free agent, you just gotta move on from him. 
You just do. Um, and same with Lou Williams. Lou Williams is really good for what you brought him in here for. Um, you know, playmaking off the bench, uh, having another guard in that rotation. At the same time, like, like if you if you get a commitment from another max a max free agent, you just got to move on from him. Um, and like, I I don't think he's that you know important to what the Rockets want to do moving forward as um, say Trevor Ariza himself. Like, I, I think Lou Williams. Like, if I were to rank who's likely to be gone next year, I'd say Nene, Lou Williams, and then Trevor Ariza in that order. All right. So next question: uh, Does this game? Uh, does this last game hurt Houston's chances at landing a good free agent? By good, I mean Gordon Hayward. Uh, I don't think so. I, I, I honestly don't think it hurts uh, in the long run. You might you may have a different opinion on this than me. Um, I just think it's one game, man. Like If you look at the entire sample size, like 55 wins, got to the second round, competitive against the Spurs, like lost to the team you're supposed to lose to. James Harden looks like he's really fun to play with, you know, and... Mike D'Antoni has a really good reputation around the league. Players want to play for him. Um, players get paid every time they leave uh, a, a Mike uh-huh. D'Antoni team, and I, I do think that's a factor in all this. So, like, uh, as far as like chances at landing Gordon Hayward are slim uh, as it stands, but I mean, like, does it hurt? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's really a, a big deal for all that. Like, I think if that's overblown, this this will fade. This is one game. Like the. This is going to affect the discourse and like commentary about the Rockets and the fan three years about them way more than it's going to affect anything like within the actual team or the NBA. Like, I think the biggest actual effect it might have on the team is that they remain pissed off that everyone disrespects them, and that that might have an effect on them. But this is it. Like I said before, it's not going to be like Gordon Hayward goes. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Denver's looking pretty good. Like, mm, no, if he if he can get paid and he has a chance to win, he'll do it. Right. Um. And, and it's just again, it's, I I can't I can't I, I hate to be keep harping on this. It's just one game. Like it's like they had an unbelievable season. This game shouldn't you know underscore that. Um. And anybody that says that says it does, I mean, they're just they're just being lunatics. Uh. And they're being reactionary. Next question is pretty funny. I I think you'll find this amusing. Uh, from Chef Junior, do you believe in curses? Um, no, I don't. I I personally don't believe in curses. Uh, I don't believe in the Houston sports curse. I don't believe in uh, this uh, Lil B curse. I, I don't believe in anything. I like I I just think uh, I believe in bad luck. Like I, I think I think you can just have a, a string of bad luck. Like I think Portland, like the, that the the Trailblazers have had. Uh, a, a bad luck ridden franchise I, I don't think it's like a a theme I, I don't think I don't think curses are real um and uh that's just me I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with Houston I don't think the Rockets sold their their soul in 95 to win a championship I don't believe in any of that like I just think I just think the Rockets um and you know it's I just think it's really hard to win a championship and I just think it's really hard <laughs> to win the NBA it's it's so hard to win a championship only one team does it all each season wow that's pathetic <laughs> uh, yeah uh, yeah I curses um I don't believe in curses the universe appears to I don't know <laughs> I don't care I wish everyone stopped talking about it Right, and let's get to email question. Looking back at the season, uh, what is one thing you would have wanted to change about the team? Perhaps minutes management or acquiring certain players through trade, such as the rumored Kostakov Kufus trade. Um, I, I do think the Rockets could have managed James Harden's minutes a lot better. Uh, and like I was somebody who was clamoring to rest him. Like and like I, I just I, I think there was a real missed opportunity there. Like you know I don't really care if the Rockets lost like 
another game if, if you got a, a game of rest in for James Harden like if you won 54 games instead of 55 I don't think there's a big difference there um and I and like I just think it's I just think players aren't robots you, you have to you have to you know set them down and refuel them every once in a while um in terms of like they they just need legs to be able to perform and I just think Harden uh, the wrist injury down the stretch I, I think it was a flaw to wait as long as you did to rest him and I I think um as far as trades I don't think there was a trade out there that the Rockets could have found that would have been better. Um, you know, Kostufas might have helped, but I mean, Nene was really good for the Rockets throughout the season. I just think it was bad luck that he got injured when he did. Um, oh, well, one thing. I think the Rockets should have played Harrell more uh, in this series. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to piggyback on that and say that I think they should have played a bunch of bench players more over the season. Uh, I like D'Antoni didn't give a ton of chance to all these guys. He gave more than he used than he usually does. But like, yeah, I would have liked to have seen more of uh, of Harold and Decker, honestly, and let them get more chances to mess up out there. Right. Um. The, the biggest thing is uh. Game. If, if I were to repeat, like, pick one fatal flaw about this season, uh, I would pick Game Five of the Spurs series where the Rockets played a seven man rotation. Like, if I could yeah. undo that, I would undo that. Like. Play yeah, Sam Decker. Just put in Sam Decker in that in that, that overtime. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, that's that's something. Um, and yeah, that's it for questions. You guys did a really good job of sending in questions. Remember, you can send in questions by emailing us reddishnoops at gmail.com. Uh, that's the official website's email address. So you can tweet at us at reddishnoops. And yeah, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Give us a good rating on iTunes if you enjoyed, if you enjoyed the show. Uh, even if you didn't enjoy the show, please give us a good rating anyways because it helps you find the show. And yeah, guys, good night. <laughs>